Welcome to the new podcast. This is episode two of uh, Sling the Biscuit, the new podcast. I'm joined again another week by my great co-host, Dave Wheeler, the Winnipeg radio legend. Every, everybody really last week seemed to love the podcast and like the like the vibe, like the conversation, everything. So hopefully we can keep it going. For a little friendly reminder, Dave is not going to be a regular. He's just nice enough to fill in. Uh, we have a new host coming on next week, but we got some exciting stuff to talk about for this week. I know Dave had a very fun eventful weekend, birthdays and everything for the missus. Yeah, so uh, I am here. Uh, I got the green light. It's my wife's birthday today on day of recording. So we we went out and had a uh, uh, bit of a weekend. Took the kids on a road trip. I got I got a little burnt. Got a little burnt in the nose here. So anyone watching on the YouTube can see a little color in my face. So hopefully that's not not too distracting. But yeah, it was, it was a good weekend had by all. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be back anytime, sir. Anytime. Yeah, it's a privilege to have you on, man. I was I was telling people, I was getting a lot of messages from from different people that were talking about, you know, it's nice to see Wheeler somewhere. At it. A lot of people apparently didn't know that you were still doing radio, I guess, after your, your previous employer, and now you're on your new thing. I said, no, Dave's been doing Energy 106 for coming up on, I think, almost two years now. That's right, and yeah. I was lucky enough, pri- privileged to, to have him on the podcast. So, yeah, a lot of Fort McMurray, your hometown, a lot of people from there uh, tuning in and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's a privilege to have you on. But So you mentioned uh, the missus. She was having a birthday weekend. And you know we were talking a little bit yesterday about that, but you kind of reminded me, or at least gave me flashbacks to my uh, my grade twelve English teacher. Uh, his name was Mr. Nguyen. Uh, <laughs> I hope you liked him. Here. Yes. So, uh, Mr. Nguyen, he was a Chinese guy, English teacher, about five foot two, shredded, seriously ripped. Like this guy worked out five six days a week, huge chest, huge shoulders, big hockey fan. And uh, he comes up to me one of the first days of uh, grade twelve English after I had him for grade ten and eleven, and he says to me, Travis. I hate Dallas Aikens. And I said, Mr. Nguyen, I didn't know you were a Flames fan. He said, no, no, I hate Dallas Aikens because his wife is harder than my wife ever will be. And then it got me thinking, and the snowball kind of spiraled, and I was thinking, you know, a lot of people love or hate Dave. There really is no in between. And you love him because he does a fantastic job like you heard in last week's podcast, or you don't like him because his wife is harder than yours, and there's no, there's no way around it. Listen, I always say once my wife sobers up and gets glasses, I'm in big trouble. But until that day happens, I'm going to uh, reap the benefits of having a uh, wife who is much more attractive than me and has uh, brought my kids' attractiveness level up uh, to where to where mine is when I was a kid. But it's funny uh, you, you you bring that up as far as you know the whole Fort Mac crew. And I was reading some of the uh, the comments. Um, for people that are just wondering, like, where's this guy spewing all of this this hockey nonsense from? Um, I I had a uh, somewhat of a uh, we'll, we'll call it a sad story career, and I, I, I guess it makes a little more sense why I'm on a hockey podcast talking hockey. Um, I, I grew up playing minor hockey in Fort McMurray and then uh, played some AAA out of Fort Saskatchewan, had a cup of, uh, cup of coffee in Junior A, had a few looks from, from some NCAA teams, and then uh, one summer I was playing some pickup hockey and got a hockey puck in the eye and ended up losing vision in my right eye, and that was pretty much it for any future endeavors I had in hockey, whether they be, you know, whatever they may be. Uh, and so I actually wanted to go into broadcasting to do hockey play-by-play and then when i went to radio school i just kind of fell ass backwards into the whole morning show comedy thing and 25 years later i'm still lucky enough to be doing the same thing but uh, my knowledge of hockey uh, extends past that i was also a coach of my former triple uh, a team and then i was a coach uh, of the um, uh, lloydminster blazers before they became the bobcats in the ajhl when i moved to winnipeg i coached some junior b with saint boniface i coached some major junior uh, Manitoba Major Junior, which is not Major Junior A. It's like Manitoba Major Junior A. It's like 
yeah, uh, more regional kind of junior A uh, with the Transcona Railers, and then uh, worked my butt off working with the Calgary Hitmen as announcer with the Manitoba Moose and the NHL Jets. So uh, believe me when I tell you, I've seen more locker rooms than I'd like to admit. But uh, for anyone thinking like Does this guy actually know what he's talking about when he says all that stuff about uh, the hockey and everything, I don't know. His credentials sound like a pretty uh, pretty far fetched here. I, I believe me. I at least I think I know what I'm talking about. Can I lead prospects you? Like, if somebody listens to the podcast right now in the car, punches in Dave Wheeler on lead prospects, will anything come up? Uh, no, that was before they kept stats of any of that kind of stuff. But it's possible. I mean, you may come up with another Dave Wheeler. Yeah, we can find pictures. I'm sure there's lots of pictures online of maybe not elite prospects, but maybe maybe overrated prospects. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dad joke. Anyway, um, kind of uh, building off of uh, how we capped off last week. I got a good story for you. So we capped off last week talking about how Dave was in Goon. If you ever seen the movie Doug the Thug, Ross the Boss Raid, Dave was the sportscaster in Goon, which they filmed a lot of in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, the day after, or might have been the day after we we, uh, we recorded. I get a text from the coach in Motor City. He says, hey, Trev, I'm just curious. What number do you want this season? Any number. And, and I sent him, instead of like a text, I sent him like a meme from a Goon of pick 69. It's hilarious. And then I sent him another one that was like, is that number taken, coach? And so he takes or he texts me back and he says, all right, 69 it is. And I said, no, 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 no. In all seriousness, no, 33 or 40 or 30. Whatever's good. I don't really care. And he's like, no, 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 69 it is. You'll wear 69 this season. And then I texted him back and he left me on red. I think so. I th- or sorry, so I think I'm wearing 69 this season. Amazing! Oh my god, you're going to be a fan favorite during warm up. That's incredible. I mean, if you want the most, um, I guess, action on like jersey sales, a 69 origin jersey, that's got to be by far the most prized position. Especially like I mentioned to the jerseys, the home and the way are nice, but the third jersey for for Motor City this season, the um, I would almost describe it as like a. Like an old school Kings versus like a like the purple like Night Kings jersey. It's a real sharp look, but put a sixty nine in the back, and we're going to be selling a lot of a lot of units, selling a lot of merch. Amazing. By the way, did I ever tell you how I landed that role in Goon? It's actually Fort McMurray. Fort McMurray actually got me that role. Believe it or not. So we were doing a Manitoba Moose game, and all of a sudden these these movie cameras show up. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's some you know, directors in town. They want to shoot some B-roll as far as the crowd and whatnot, just when people filing in for some movie that they're shooting. We don't know what it is. And I look over, and I recognize the director. His name is Michael Douse, and I recognize him because he directed FUBAR. If you've ever seen FUBAR, it is a story about two meathead redneck Albertans who are like, plan B is just to keep on giving her, eh? And so we started, I'm like, hey, you're Michael, you did FUBAR. Like, what are you doing here? He's like, I oh, was shooting a hockey movie called Goon, blah, 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 blah. I was like, hey, listen, man. I said, I know FUBAR 2 is coming out right away. And he says, yeah, we're actually going to be doing the premiere here in Winnipeg. And I said, cool. I said, Do you, would you like to come on the radio show? And he's like, absolutely. So the next day he's on the radio show. And uh, he says, uh, so I said, what's going on with the guys from FUBAR? Like, like, what are you doing with the sequel? He's like, well, the guys get jobs in Fort McMurray. And I'm like, I grew up in Fort McMurray. And he says, you grew up there? Like, that's that's your hometown? I was like, yeah. And he's like, you're going to love this movie. You're, you're absolutely going to love this movie. And I said, cool. So we go on with the interview. He's on for about five, ten minutes. And then uh, when we turned the mics off, I said, hey, man, listen. I said, uh, I, said I don't know how, where you are in the filming process. I said, but if there's any way I can help out at all, if you, like, if you need to find people that can skate, I don't know where you are, but I, I'd love to help out. Big fan. Let me know what I can do. Next day, I get a phone call from their casting agent saying, Michael would like you to come down and audition for the role of the play-by-play announcer. Which ended up going to, um, oh shit, his name escapes me. He was the, 
the original um, Winnipeg Jets uh, play-by-play guy back in the 80s and 90s. Damn it, I can't remember his name. Anyway, so he ended up getting the role of the play-by-play guy, and they gave me the role of the sportscaster. So there's two scenes in that movie where the guys are sitting down watching TV, and they're watching SportsCenter, or the version, the movie's version of SportsCenter, and I'm like the Dan O'Toole of SportsCenter. And in the second one, because they didn't film it in Winnipeg, uh, James Duthie ended up taking my role, so they actually got an actual TSN announcer to do that role. But anyways, it was, it was all the connection to Fort McMurray that ended up getting me that, uh, that role in that movie. That's awesome. And I'm assuming you got paid a nice little chunk of change for being in the movie, too? Uh, very, very minimal. I mean, I, I ended up joining the, the Actors Union after that, so I got bare minimum. But it was, it was good play money, and I got, to, I got to be in a movie. When I, when I got home that Christmas, my dad had a DVD waiting that he wanted me to sign. It's the only time my father said he said he's proud of me. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you, if you would have met him, but uh, so at the time when Goon came out, it was, I believe, 2012 when it went live. And uh, I'm playing AAA at this point in time with the Winnipeg Hawks. I'm 16 years old. And the movie comes out, and we're watching it on, on a team road trip. And we notice this one guy get beat up by Doug the Thug, and the face looks familiar. But keep in mind, like, our team bus, we have, like, these, like, little, like, 12-inch TVs, like the small ones you have on the team bus. And everybody kind of gathers around, and we're like, Coach Mark? And we look down, like, down the bus. There's our assistant, Coach Mark, who had just, you know, retired from pro hockey a couple of years earlier. We're like, Mark, was that you? And he's like, boys. Boys, that was me. That was me. I was playing in the dub drafted show. Of course they had me in the movie. And he just got his lights punched in by Doug Gladden. I, I could tell you some things after the podcast. Maybe not so G-rated that, that he'd tell us. But he was, uh, he, he was an amazing coach. One of the most, like, for the boys coaches ever. We, we were playing one time at, uh, at Gateway Arena, right? Dave knows where this is. Most people listening probably don't. But, um, again, this is like 10 years ago. Boys were in the locker room. Everything's all quiet before the game. Boom, boots, he just boots open the door. I think he was wearing like Timberlands. He just boots open the door, throws the clipboard. Boys, it's game time. Okay, we're going to play. We're going to win out here. I'm not going to go out here in front of all these beautiful birds upstairs and get embarrassed. All right, let's play hockey. Let's play hockey. Walks out, slams the door, and we're all looking at each other. We're 16 years old, 15, 16. We're like, what just happened? <laughs> what the hell just happened? Right? What does happen? <laughs> we're still figuring out like what a bird is yeah. and all that kind of stuff. What? Where are it the birds? Nice yeah. <laughs> uh, Gateway, uh, great arena, great arena, by the way, home of the Gateway Flyers. Yes, I, I love some of the arenas in Winnipeg. That from when I first skated, like five, ten years old, to now, I still step foot in them. Twenty years later, and nothing's changed. The smell is the same. You smell the propane. The mold is still in the ceiling. Some things just. Never change. It's it's amazing. It really is. Well, a couple quick stories about rinks in in Winnipeg. So when they opened up the new MTS Iceplex out on the uh, the west end of town, this was um, uh, Fourplex and the Winnipeg Jets um, training facility uh, for when the uh, uh, Bell or Canada Life Center is being used for events and whatnot. They would train out of there. When that place first got built, uh, a buddy of mine, Scott Jensen, uh, you, another guy who I played uh, hockey with. Uh, I was like, man, this place is ever nice. He's like, nah, don't like it. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, got NHL-sized rinks. Dressing rooms are huge. Hot water. He goes, nah, it's too new. I like a rink with a little dirt under its fingernails. You, you walk in, it smells like an old church. I want, a, I want a rink that has stories in its walls. I was like, you know, that's a really good point because there are a lot of rinks around Winnipeg that you walk in and it does smell like an old church. But the thing that amazed me the most, when I first flew into Winnipeg in two, January of 2003, when I got hired to work in Winnipeg, I remember flying over the city and what amazed me, number one, was the amount of outdoor rinks. So many outdoor rinks. But not only that, how many league games were going on? I didn't realize it at the time, but there are league games. In January, February, when it's minus 40, that there's kids outside, outdoor rinks, 
that are playing league games, like referees, parents, everything, on an outdoor rink. And I wasn't used to that because in Fort McMurray, we had a couple of outdoor rinks, but that was just for shinny hockey and public skating. If you were playing league hockey, you were playing inside. I never had seen league games being played outside before, especially in that kind of climate. And on the flip side, like for me, like growing up, being born and raised here and then kind of venturing out wise, I always thought like in, in my mind, like I'm eight, nine, 10 years old. I thought, oh, they have outdoor rinks in Vancouver. They have outdoor rinks in Toronto and, you know, minus 30, minus 40. They, everybody plays outdoor hockey like that. And then you start kind of opening your eyes up to like, it doesn't get below minus 10 here. Well, from what I understand, there are a couple of pro rinks over in Europe, Germany, uh, I know for sure where they have three walls and then the fourth wall is open. I think there's a few NCAA rinks that have the same thing where it's not fully walled in. So you're, you're, you're away from the elements, but you still get the cold. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture it in my mind here, but not not uh, you know to, uh, not to mention uh, present company, but uh, we have uh, produced some pretty good hockey players over the years coming out of Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean the, the entire Vegas Golden Knights team is basically like half a team Manitoba. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you really start breaking down the roster between guys that are born in Manitoba in the Manitoba ish area and or have played for the Brandon Weekings, you basically make up fifty percent, I think maybe even seventy percent of the whole Vegas Golden Knight roster, and including guys that they've traded. And dealt away in the past uh, couple of years. It's, it's incredible. Kelly McCrimmon and, has just recruited so many guys. And we got a guy by the name of Mike Babcock who said uh, when a friend of mine was, he was actually, uh, it was after a Jets game. Uh, he was coaching the Red Wings at the time. Uh, this was very early in the Jets 2.0. And he was out eating at the keg and a friend of mine was waiting tables at the keg. And so after dinner and everything paid up, my, my boy was professional all the way through. And then he said, hey, thanks guys for dinner. Really appreciate it. Have a great night. And just one quick question for you, Mr. Babcock. Who's the best player you ever coached? And he kind of giggled, and he says, uh, 100%, without a doubt in my mind, Jonathan Taves, because he's a 100% winner. Like, just the guy wins, period. And I thought that was a pretty good compliment for a kid coming out of Winnipeg. Yeah, they got the whole... Uh, you know what I find funny about that is, not, not to go too uh, kind of off-topic, but so Jonathan Taves, he played his entire hockey here at the, the Dakota Community Center. Actually skated there a couple times recently. And I remember going to like the Stanley Cup Parade in 2010. They had a big thing. We're going to rename it Jonathan Taves Arena. It's going to be the Jonathan Taves Community Center, I believe. Mm-hmm. And only, I think, up until about two or three years ago did they finally actually rename it. They they had like the whole ceremony, but it was still Dakota Community Center, the banners, everything, for about eight, nine years, and they finally got around to it. But, Finally, yeah. Uh, home of the home of the Dakota yeah. Lasers. Shout out to home of the Dakota Lasers. <laughs> Lasers. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, of shrines of arenas and stuff, actually had a, a couple things to kind of go off of uh, last week's podcast. So uh, I had a bunch of people reach out first off about the whole uh, Windsor border situation about walking over the border, the red wagon we talked about. There were so many nice people that reached out, email, Instagram messages, and, and comments and whatnot. I said, Trev. You don't need to get arrested for walking over the border with a wagon and like a whole like tow truck and stuff. I'll come pick you up. No problem. I'll pick you up. I'll bring you back over. So if you message me, anybody out there that did anything like that, thank you so much. That was so kind. Why would you get arrested? I I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I mean, maybe the fact that I have a whole bag full of cameras and I'm walking through the, um, what's, what's the area? Like when they pull you inside to interview you or like interrogate you or search you, that area, that might be. I, I don't know. But everybody was so nice about uh, offering to, to give a ride or come pick me up or whatnot. That was great. Well, listen, um, I, mean, also, I mean, not to get too political, but we've got tens of thousands of people walking over the U.S.-Mexico border on a daily basis. I mean, why would you, why would you get arrested? You raise a very valid point. But, to say you're, I mean, to say you you're an asylum seeker. Although, if you say you're an asylum seeker, you wouldn't be allowed back in Canada. <laughs> but, I mean, let's let's put it this way. 
if uh, we're talking end of September and I walked across the border and you saw me in the news getting cuffed and in the background you see my red wagon, my suitcase, and my hockey bag and everything, would you be surprised? Great content. I, I can't. I, I wouldn't. Well, it would be great, but once I get out of out of the clink, and then I also got to get my cameras back, and then I got to. It, it's going to be a whole process. But yeah, Dude, it would be. Did nobody tell you you're going to play in the federal league? That is great cred going into that league. <laughs> Uh, Trav missed training camp. Why he got arrested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy's hardcore. Sounds like the Fed to me. <laughs> Actually, on that topic, so we talked last week about uh, paychecks and, and how like the money's going to end up getting to me. Uh, and like we said, 125 US a week is what I'm going to be getting for my first paycheck. And I had somebody from the league actually reach out to me. They listened to the podcast and they said, "Hey, wanted to let you know." Um, there's been some things in the media lately talking about guys getting paid late, or I guess getting paychecks later than what they would like. And apparently the process that the league has set up is so they sign me to $125 a week. Coach, GM, whoever is stroking the checks, writes uh, all that information, sends it off to the league. The league gets it. The league cuts a check on behalf of the team, sends it back to the team, and the team gives me a check in person. The processing time, I don't know. But that is how I'm going to be getting paid. I'll be cashing walk, checks. Okay, hang on. Walk me through that again. Walk me through okay, that process so, again. So my contract will be 125 U.S. a week. So coach, GM, wh- whoever sends stuff into the league is going to write, hey, uh, we are paying Travis $125 for this week. I'm assuming it's going to be for the month. So we owe him 600 or is it 600 or 525 U.S. for the month. Please cut the check. They send the paperwork off to the league. The league writes a check. Hey, the Federal Prospects League would like to write a check on behalf of the Motor City Rockers to Travis Ridgen for $525 U.S. cashed as of this date. They send it back to the team. The team then gives me the check in person, and then I can do with it as I please to cash it or, or whatever I want to do with it. So you're getting paid monthly then? I would, I would assume. I, I didn't actually clarify with the monthly or weekly thing. They just said that's how the checks go to. I would assume it's monthly because I don't think they're going to give me a check every single week. Maybe they will. I don't know. We're going to, like I said last week, we're going to find out as we go, and it's going to be, it's going to be eventful. Man, well, listen, I've, I've heard some horror stories, uh, not only in that league, but in numerous leagues. I mean, even in junior. I mean, uh, there was a guy, Bucci. He used to own um, uh, the Trail Smoke Eaters out in, in the BCJ, and players were camping out in his front yard because they didn't get their checks at the end of the season. I've heard stories about uh, guys going into their teams in Russia, uh, going and saying, hey, I didn't get paid for like the last two months. They're like, sure, sure, no problem. And they hand over a big bag of money. And it's like, wow, it's like all cash like you'd see in the movies. We know the band around them and everything. And you're walking out with this leather bag and like bowling bag. And you walk out and then you get rolled by two of his goons. And you don't see it. They're like, oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, put shame on you. You get robbed. That's just too bad. No, a lot of money gone now. <laughs> too bad. And meanwhile, it's going right back into his pocket. So. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, good luck. I mean, on the other hand, though, it's only 125 a week. It's not uh, like 5000 6000 I mean, I'm just picturing, as you mentioned, the coach telling you, oh, it's unfortunate you got robbed as the bag of money is like right on his desk behind you with his, yeah. like with your name on it. And the, and the two goons that just beat the crap out of you are going, yeah, we do not see anybody. I don't know. We will keep our eye out. We will make sure we look out <laughs> for who these two are. Can you describe them? Yeah, they look like you two <laughs> with their names Oleg. I don't know. Actually, now that you mention it, that family picture you got on your desk, those two guys you're posed with, they actually kind of look like that. That's them. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's Oleg and Oleg. I, I think those are the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, like I said, I hope it works out, and uh, make sure those checks are certified. Get those things certified as soon as they get into your hand. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be on the top of the Let's get them certified, get them cashed, cash in hand. A lot of people were asking, what am I going to do with it? I'm, I'm wondering if you got any crazy ideas. So 125 a week or... If I get my five twenty five a month, just five twenty five. What do I buy with the first, the first check? I can't buy a car, obviously. 
can barely buy gas for that with the way gas is going up. Groceries, cool. Um, I'm trying to think of other cool things I could buy. Maybe like a like a Switch or like a PlayStation. Something for the fellas. I don't know. Well, listen, I'll, I'll tell you uh, popular videos that are going around uh, viral online right now on YouTube is uh, guys that are going around to uh, some of the homeless community and saying, uh, hey, listen, I need to buy a, a birthday card for my mom. Do you have an extra dollar on you? And if they cough up a dollar, say, hey, you know what? Keep the dollar. I don't need the dollar. Here's $125 for you for being so nice. Thank you so much for helping me. Things like things like that are going viral. I mean, that would be really, really cool. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of the, the, the fake guys getting busted for that. You know be a good title? What I did with my first pro hockey paycheck. And then the opening clip will just be me giving somebody 525 cash. Yeah, you give it to another one of the players. <laughs> <laughs> Over a poker table. <laughs> no, under the table. You've got to slide it under the, yeah, the, right. uh, the check. Here's the check. Not to go back uh, backwards here, but an, another quick story about Fort McMurray. So keep in mind, uh, Fort McMurray <laughs> was a boomtown, 1979. Uh, my, my parents moved there. The oil started churning there in like ni- the mid-1970s. Uh, my old man told me stories about, because keep in mind, the plant is about an hour north of where the city is. And this is back in the day, you know, you'd get a, like very Fred Flintstone-ish where they're like, all right, Mr. Wheeler, there's your check. All right, Mr. Ridgen, there's your check. And they'd, you'd get your check and you'd hop on the bus. So you got an hour bus ride home. My dad says he remembers watching guys open up their checks, seeing the money they got. They go, hey, anyone want to play poker with the serial numbers? And guys would, would seriously, they would say, I, well, I got four of a kind here. I got four nines on my serial numbers here. And so guys would play for their entire checks. And some one one guy would walk off the bus with seven checks, and the rest of the guys would have to go home to their wives saying, I didn't get paid this week. <laughs> you, you know what? I can picture that happening on, on a team bus. The guys get the cards out. They, uh, they they turn like the chairs and the tables over so you can, you can play poker. I mean, some buses have that. I'm assuming our bus will as well. And uh, like you said, a couple of guys are going to be going out really happy, and then a lot of guys are going to be going out a little upset that they got no money coming in for the week. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, cards, one thing, sure. I mean, it's a little easier to uh, dictate your your outcome with cards but i mean just to play poker with the serial number on your check wow and then just gone then you got to sit there for the rest of the bus ride realizing you just pissed away two weeks worth of work hey coach can i get advanced for next week yeah yeah totally man oh man yeah i am also very curious to see what you do with your very first paycheck let's take a quick break is real music dying What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions, and we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in, and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. It's going to not be very exciting. Honestly, like I've learned in the last like two years, like with the whole COV situation and whatnot, and with realizing like how inconsistent, I guess, pro hockey lifestyle and what whatnot can be. That's going 100 percent into the bank. Probably going to go right into like TFSA or or like a tax free savings account or just a regular savings account. Because um, you you never know when like when it's going to end, right? Like one knee injury, a groin injury. 
hip injury, all this kind of stuff. Maybe sent home a bad week, can't find a team, tough market, all this kind of stuff. Like, you never know. Well, did and you also find out what your living situation is, and, and do you get per diem when you're on the road? Those are also very important questions. Actually, that is that is a good question. So living situation, I don't think that's going to be finalized probably for about, what would be August 1st? So it's probably another month or so, like for confirmed, like where I'm going to be living and whatnot. As far as per diem goes, I'm assuming there's going to be something. Now, this is a good story for you. So I was in the Fed three years ago uh, with Columbus. So Columbus, Georgia, by the way, not Columbus, Ohio. So uh, I, I signed there. And I was there for... I think about a week, we had a guy drop down from the SP. I got sent home, just kind of the way things work. When I was there, uh, coach says, hey, we, we have a per diem, but our per diem is just like gift cards for like food. So we'll give you a gift card to like, let's say Golden Corral or to the Burrito Splendido or whatever. So our per diem, I don't, know, I don't even know you want to call it a per diem, but our per diem was a gift card to the burrito place for lunch, 20 bucks, get whatever you want. And then for dinner was the Golden Corral. And I remember like as a team, we go down to the Golden Corral after, you know, practice or whatever and I walk in there, and if you don't know what Golden Corral is, it's basically like a, it's a, it's like a smorgasbord, right? Eat. Yeah, it's like a smorgasbord, but like you're not going to find anything healthy. It's it's southern food the way that you would think it's going to be, and like you walk in, there's like a small little salad station over here with some vegetables that have been probably sitting out there for two three days, haven't been touched. You have, I guess your rices, your pastas, those go pretty quick. You have a whole like steak fish section. You got guys doing steaks up to order. A beer battered fish you name it chicken fingers done and then three quarters of the building is the dessert station you got the ice cream machine the pies the cheesecake everything there and i just skated twice skated in the morning skated at night i walk up to the chef i'm like hey man you guys got any vegetables by any chance he's like well we got some carrots over there in the salad bar if you want them <laughs> i was like can it, like no 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 like actual like vegetables i'm trying to get like a decent meal in here you know I've, i spent like 28 hours uh in two days like traveling down here driving down to the car not the best food choice. I want to get some veggies in. He's like, no, man, the salad bar is all we got. But we got steaks, we got fish, we got dessert. You guys, you try the apple pie yet? No, I haven't tried the apple pie yet. Well, hey, listen, hey, hey, what'd you pay for it? You get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> you take what you, yeah, exactly. You take what you get and you have a good time and, and you have fun with it. Um, spe- speaking of, uh, of fun and whatnot, I guess one of the, the big questions that I guess people had that you had asked me last week was, how is the the vlog and the content going to change for for this coming season with mm-hmm. with the team and and with the I guess the, the more demand like a bigger schedule with more. Well, not only that, but I'm games. curious to know if they've given you any parameters or anything about where you can film, where you can't film, where you can set up. I'm really curious to see how the look changes. Yeah, so we haven't really discussed specifics. I have a really good idea, like what I want to do. If uh, you watch my Nor- Norway tryout thing, it's I'm, I want to do something like that, where the team media guy or whoever I'm like, here's your cameras. The red button turns them on. The other button, you know, does whatever. Do something with them. I don't want to see them. I don't want to hear from you. If if you wreck the cameras, I don't want to hear about it. Give them to me back at the end of the day and do something with it. And then I can just focus on playing. If you know whatever issues on the ice happen off the ice, I can deal with that. I don't want to have cameras be an extra distraction. And also too, like it's nice to see somebody else's perspective from what they can come up with with for video because I, I have in my mind like a set of things that I always do. It's nice to see somebody else maybe kind of mix it up for me. So I think that mixed up with the whole storytelling voiceover side will be nice. Obviously, uh, I got a brand new drone, so the drone stuff going out to different spots, whether we're in Mississippi and Georgia and Carolina, all this kind of stuff, that'll be nice. Um, the practice stuff, but I think it's going to be a lot more of a chiller, calmer vlog this season. So I think I'm only going to do like one video a week, keep it a little bit shorter. Um, obviously, keeping things positive for the team. We want to try to promote the team as much as we can, try to bring people out to the rink. Like I mentioned last week, it helps when like 60% of my audience is U.S.-based and the two biggest places are New York and Michigan. So people are going to hopefully come out to some games and fill the, fill the arena. we got a big arena. we got a beautiful 
dressing room and all this kind of stuff. And hopefully the vlog will get people excited about it. I'm, I'm excited to do it. And I'm excited to start playing and make some cool new videos to showcase this whole Motor City vibe. Well, look, I mean, I, I this is a great platform right now for anyone listening in Michigan that's looking at doing maybe a uh, an internship or, or, or need some extra credits for AV class. If you're going to a vocational school in high school or whatever it may be, I mean, that's that's send an email. The contact information's at the bottom of the description here. Reach out. I mean, this is an opportunity now for you to to, to kind of collect. And I don't want to use the word minions, but but get as much help as you can, man. <laughs> yeah, any help at all. Like even whether you want to pick me up at the Detroit uh, border when I get arrested for trying to come into the country, or if you want to help film practices, whatever it is, you can always send an email. I'll put some in the uh, the video description for that. Um, reach out on Instagram. Obviously, Dave doesn't have social media, but uh, yeah, we, we can always contact and any help is appreciated. Um, on that note, I want to give a friendly reminder that uh, we have a sponsor this week, Dave. The podcast is now powered by Sheath Underwear. Isn't that amazing? We got a sponsor finally. That works out well. I'm actually I'm actually in the market. Well, so there's some underwear competitors out there who, and I know Dave's worn for years because he's talked about a lot on the radio. They are expensive, and I don't think you get a lot of value for that that price you pay for the gitch. With sheath underwear, they have what they call the ballpark pouch, and it's going to be hard to describe to you if you're in the car or whatnot, but it's basically a compartment in the underwear that is set aside for your Jimmy, and what, what do we want to call the, the Twig and Giggle Big Al the Boys. Yes, the Twig and Giggle Bears. They can all fall into this pouch, but it's separated, it's segregated, so you have one area for the Twig, one area for the Giggleberries, and it's aerated, so it breathes, it stays cool, and the sheath technology, they have this cooling technology in their shirts and their underwear and everything that keeps everything cool. I don't know how they do it, but it's awesome. Whether you want the tighter stuff, if you want the looser stuff, they've got lots of options, and if you want to link in the video description or in the podcast notes at sheath.com, sheathunderwear.com, uh, and use the promo code, I believe the promo code is still going to be set up as Biscuit. We might have changed it to uh, Trav Sucks, but it's going to be Biscuit, B-I-Z-K-I-T, or Trav Sucks. Well, Trap that's sucks. what we're calling it. And we're calling we're calling it the twig and biscuits. Yes, yes, your twig and your biscuits can fit in the sheath underwear, but you got to use the promo code and the link in the description on the podcasting notes. And uh, thanks to Sheath and thanks to Robert for uh, sponsoring the podcast. It's awesome to get some some great companies back on board. You're gonna love them, and, and I know uh, we're gonna have to get Dave out a pair because I've had a, I got about thirty pairs because they, they hooked me up for the last year and a bit, and uh, it's the only underwear I pick in the morning. First thing, get the sheaths, get them on, and we're rocking and rolling. It's awesome the sheath stuff. Um, also, side note though, if um, th- there's also uh, a Patreon page for anybody who's looking to support the podcast, that's linked in the video description. Uh, the mobile podcast, the video podcast, if you're, uh, let's say, in the car or if you're at home, whatever, all links, everything is down in the video description. Um, tell, the you podcast what, notes. tell you what, first $100 donation on Patreon gets an autographed pair of sheath underwear from Travis. <laughs> game used, game used autograph. <laughs> okay, well, no, then uh, don't pay that much for them then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So Gene Simmons used to, uh, I think actually I heard a story from you on the radio. So Gene Simmons had the Kiss Casket, and he would sell the Kiss Casket in for, for I think, $5,000. And it was a legit casket where, like, you know, Grandpa Joe can get in there. You can bury him in the Kiss Casket, and they have, like, memorabilia and everything, like, drawn on the casket of Kiss. But for an extra 500 bucks, Gene Simmons will come down and, and get in there and take a picture with, with Grandpa Joe when he's dead. And so, yeah, so same thing, 100 bucks. Game used, sheath underwear, wow. signed, autographed, authenticated. And for an extra 150 maybe we'll throw in some extra material, shall we say. But anyway, yeah, sheath. That dude is <laughs> shameless, just... but damn if he isn't rich. I mean, he'll sell anything, but I mean, we kind of are too. Or I mean, I guess I am because Dave's not uh, part of the whole marketing side of this stuff. But Just along for the freebie. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Speaking of uh, selling yourself and whatnot, um, I, I know she's really popular on, on Dave's radio station, Energy 106. By the way, if, if you're in the Winnipeg and you get a chance, or maybe you're in Canada, you have uh, the radio player Canada, Energy 106, uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Dave's on the, on the air every Monday to Friday. You should give him a listen. Podcast uh, available. Download the podcast, yes. Wheeler in the Morning. Wheeler in the Morning on your favorite podcast platform. Yes, you're going to love it. But uh, so when you're not listening to podcasts, one of the artists that uh, you guys play a lot is Dua Lipa. And, and she's got to be by far my favorite. Like, like they're, when I heard her for the first time and I heard the name, I thought, okay, I have a, like an image in my head of what she looks like. And then I Googled her and I saw what she looked like. And I was like, oh my God, like this is like my woman crush wins. Like I love, I love Dua Lipa. I listen to music. I watch her TikToks with her yoga stuff and everything. And uh, also to the, like the guys in Norway, when I was on tryout in, in Norway in, in Hogesum, the guys on the, the speaker system, they would play... Uh, Cold Hearts by uh, Dua Lipa. They just have it on repeat. Just play it and play it and play it. They love Dua Lipa too, and it kind of got me even more excited about Dua Lipa. Man, I'll tell you, she is. Um, she's from Yugoslavia, well, Kosovo. Um, her family, uh, I think her parents are Kosovo Albanian. And yeah, she's of Bosnian descent, but boy, oh boy, that is a beautiful blender. Just gorgeous. And talented. Amazing. Wicked talent. Amazing singer, first off. The, the sing, incredible. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen the. I, I know you're not on TikTok and whatnot, but like her yoga stuff on on TikTok, very impressive. Like how agile, how mobile she is, and for for a singer, you wouldn't think that she'd be putting that much time into it, but she does. Well, she started um, off as a model. A, she was a model. Well, yeah, started off you, as a model, and then and then she sang one day and was like, "Hey, you can sing too." She's like, "I'm a triple threat, baby." <laughs> well, if you're listening in the car, you can definitely go check that out. Punch her in, Dua Lipa. That's that's her actual real name, by the way. I looked in that. I was like, "That's not a real name. Come on, no, her yep. real name is Dua." Lipa. Yeah, born in London. Born in London, England, out of all places. I, was, I, out of all that stuff I just told you, she's been born in London. I, I know. When I found that out that she's from the UK, and she has a UK accent when she talks, I was like, wow. Wow, what a, what a woman. What a woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, as we uh, transition somehow, some way, um, the, the Jake Paul stuff, We, uh, we you and I talked about it, but the, the Jake Paul fights, he had so much steam... Coming out of twenty one, a twenty twenty one with a knockout on Tyrone Woodley on Askren on all this, all this amazing stuff, and last two fights getting canceled. I was looking forward to it. His, his fight was supposed to come up in four or five days at MSG. You see uh, Dana White absolutely ripping him. Well, listen, I don't blame. <laughs> okay, Dana White's got a point. If you want to be taken seriously, like like there's headlines saying he's the most feared man in boxing. He. Bob Irving, who is a now-retired broadcaster from from Winnipeg, one of the best in the entire country, in my opinion. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. He used to call guys that, uh, you know, champions would fight against as a warm-up fight. He's like, he's going in there to fight a tomato can. I mean, he's he's just going to punch the crap out of this thing. That's all Jake's been fighting is tomato cans. It's like, oh, you fight some pretty big names. Yeah, after their prime. If you want to be seriously considered a fighter... Then you got to work your way up the ranks. Go fight some up-and-comers. Go fight some names of people who are who are ranked in the WBC and the WBA. You know, you 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 got to climb. I get it. You're rich. You started off as a YouTube fighter. Totally get it. If you're just in it to make money, you're doing a great job. But if you want to be considered taken seriously as a fighter, go fight some real fighters. Not to saying that the guys he's fighting aren't real fighters, but they used to be real fighters. Now they're coming out of the work work to get a late paycheck. Fight some guys who are hungry fight some guys who are fighting to win the fight because they want to move up the ranks. What he's doing right now, he's cashing paychecks. And good for him. I'll never fault anyone for doing that. But don't pretend like that's not what you're doing. Would you agree, too, that it, it feels like, and whether, you know, legitimate reasons or not for, you know, Tommy Fury backing out twice, now Haseem as well, 
like every time a fight gets canceled or it's pushed back or there's a new opponent, it's just like the the train loses a little bit of momentum, a little bit more momentum, and, and just kind of gets you less interested because like I want to see some action. I want to I love the fights. Like we're talking about this because I wanted to see a great fight on Saturday night at MSG, but it's not going to happen now. And uh, it just loses momentum every single time, and the excitement kind of kind of falls off. He hasn't fought since December, so we're August. We're almost coming up on nine months. I don't know if they're going to get a fight together. Maybe Woodley versus Paul three, but uh, yeah, they're just losing a lot of traction. But you know what? Isn't the the Patty the Patty Pimlet finish the other night? The rear naked choke. What what a finish in the second round um, at uh, UFC two seventy six. I believe it was last weekend. Well, listen, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. If you want to go see a good fight of some up-and-coming fighters who are fighting for, you know, to to work up the ranks so they can get rich one day, go watch watch a replay of the Amanda Nunez uh, Juliana Pena fight. I mean, that that was a fight. Round five and a decision? Come on. That's what you're looking for, not some young YouTuber going up against some guy who's who's over the hill. You know, yeah. Listen, I'll watch it for the train wreck. I'll watch it for the circus show. But you're not watching top quality boxing with Jake Paul. You're just not. Are you excited about the idea, potentially, assuming things work out, uh, McGregor versus Usman in the fall sometime? If you know Usman can get his stuff figured out, if McGregor can kind of, I guess, fully 100% rehab that leg. I mean, he snapped the leg. Would have been, It would have been, was it July? Yeah, it would have been July of last year. I think July 5th. What, what, what a fight that would be to kick off the fall. I know they always have the biggest fights in the fall, usually. You know, listen, I, uh, I, I've been a Conor McGregor fan from when he first came into MMA. Uh, I, I loved him because he was smart. Like, now, he is not too dissimilar from you, as a matter of fact. He actually, <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's true, though. He's not too dissimilar because he was working at a mechanic shop in Ireland, walked in one day, quit his job and said, I'm going to go be a UFC champion and filmed the entire thing. There's actually film of him quitting his job and people laughing at him going, all right, Conor, we'll see you next week, mate. And then he films this entire journey of, of him quitting his job, having to move him and his girlfriend into the time, the woman he's married to now and has stayed with the entire time, moving into his mom's house so he could train full time to be a UFC fighter. And watching him being this pimple-faced, shaved-head kid and, and transforming into this UFC fighter. And, and you can draw comparisons to Muhammad Ali where he's figured out that if I'm a showman, if I, mean, I could be a good fighter, but if I'm a showman and a good fighter, there's a lot more money coming in. And, and I appreciate that. And I know I just gave Jake Paul, you know, heat for, for, for making money and then, you know, call him a showman. He's a YouTube guy and whatnot. But Conor McGregor worked his way up through the ranks and got those fights because he was a good fighter and became the first uh, to hold two belts in different weight classes. I mean, to me, listen, Conor McGregor could go on and lose every other fight from here on in, but if he's fighting, I'm watching. I think everybody is, right? I, I think everybody watch Whether he's 170, 155, I mean, watching a, a Diaz-McGregor 3 trilogy would, would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Diaz, it was tough. D, D, watching that last fight with Diaz was tough, man. I mean, guy's tough as nails, but you can only take so many shots. I mean, I want that kid to see his grandkids. I don't think he's going to if he keeps taking blows like that, man. I feel bad for him. You gotta admit though, you gotta love watching the fight. And as he takes damage, he's just soaked in blood. His face is swollen, and then activate Nate Diaz powers, and the comeback starts. Right, almost kind of yeah. like uh, maybe not the exact same, but like Charles Oliveira just gets dummied the first couple rounds, and he, and he even talks about him being legally blind. Like, yeah, you know, in the octagon, I I can't have my glasses, I can't see, but uh, yeah, God is with me. God helps me. And that ground game, the the grappling, um, incredible. Uh, the last uh, submission of Pori. Also, I'll, I'll tell you this one little thing, I guess, before we finish. So I was doing jiu-jitsu all summer, 
and just like the respect that I have for like some of the guys in the studio. Like uh, we have two masters. We have you know, Master Brennan and Master Daniel. Daniel's about my size, 250, 260, sheer muscle, huge, just a shredded black belt. And then you have Brennan, who's about I'd say probably five five, five foot six, small guy, maybe 150 pounds. But even when he uses me for for demos or he's trying to teach me stuff, I can't move the guy. His foundation is just so strong and he's so intelligent. And we just talk all the time about how it doesn't really even matter about strength. Just the technical aspect of being aware of things will put your opponent into positions where they're not comfortable. And kind of bring it back, I guess, Oliveira when he's (laughs) just taking damage, getting beat down in the first round, second round, and the third round he comes and puts somebody out. Even uh, Patty Pimblett last weekend, first round, I felt he kind of got walked around a little bit, and then second round ended up uh, getting the submission. Like the the UFC, it's just so entertaining. It's never a dull moment in the UFC. Well, listen, this is a good transition for a for a little life lesson for any of the hockey parents that are listening out there right now, and this will come full circle to, again, the things that I learned growing up and things that I've noticed through coaching and whatnot. But, and I, I think you can speak to this too, Travis, because you, you're, you're doing it, but don't make hockey the entire focus of your kids athletic training cross train those kids let them go play baseball let them go play soccer let them play lacrosse make let them do some martial arts boxing whatever it may be because here's the thing two reasons number one the most patient guys that i ever played hockey with i'm talking about taking two handers off the leg down in the corner where i would just shake it off like it was nothing was lacrosse players Guys that had some of the best balance on the ice that I'd ever seen took boxing in the offseason. Some of the guys that I, that I saw take the, the most sweetest one-timers and put them top cheddar every single time were baseball players. Guys that cross-trained in the offseason. But not only does it allow you to hone your skills off the ice, it also allows you to get excited for hockey when it rolls around in the fall. You know, you, allow your kids to miss it. Allow your kids to go, man, I can't wait for the fall again to get back on skates. Instead of just summer hockey, spring hockey, fall hockey, winter hockey, spring hockey, summer hockey, that you're going to burn them out and they're going to hate the game. And you're going to turn around and look and go, why did I waste all that money? Because you wasted the money. Because you wasted your kids on hockey. Let them get excited for the sport. Let them cross train. I couldn't agree more. There's so many kids that they get burnt out doing exactly that. And, and even uh, like this summer when I came back from Sweden, three-month break, no skating at all. I got the itch. I started missing hockey. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind skating. I wouldn't mind stopping some pucks. Now I'm getting getting kind of itched to get it going. And I, I think, too, like with uh, jiu-jitsu, I think the biggest thing that I picked up all summer, I thought it was going to be maybe staying calm under pressure or practicing my breathing. Honestly, it was focus. Because mm-hmm. we go 45 minutes, no breaks, no stops. We just we go, we continue, we drill different things, different modifications. And there's so many details in, in the positioning with the elbow, with the knee, with all, with posting out, all this kind of stuff, that like you have to be engaged, focused for 45 minutes straight. And I take that, I'm applying the gold thinning, I'm like, you know what, I could be focused for 45 minutes straight, but I don't have to, because the puck goes to the other end. Like, like Great mental training, but um, you know what is also great mental training? Being able to listen to this podcast start to finish every Sunday when it comes out. It can be tough sometimes, but I want to thank my amazing co-host, Dave Wheeler, for coming on two weeks in a row. Dave, uh, I do not believe Dave is going to be back next week. I had another co-host lined up, but nobody else could make it for this week. So pleasure to have him on. And I mean, also, Dave's had the top radio show in Winnipeg for 10 years in a row in the mornings. The best by far. 20. Uh, for anybody. Oh, has it been 20? Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> almost longer. <laughs> My apologies. But uh, yeah, for the people that are commenting, wow, this this new co-host kind of has that, that knack for, for talking. That is why. He's been doing it for 20 years and the best of the best. So to Mr. Wheeler, it's a privilege, and thank you so much. Anytime you need me, I am at your liege, sir. I enjoy doing the show, and I enjoy looking forward to your next content. 
Absolutely. And if uh, enough people pick up some She Thunder with the code in the video description or become channel members with, with the uh, Patreon or the YouTube channel members link, maybe we can get Dave paid. We can get Dave a couple bucks and have him on, on a full-time basis. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. New episodes of the podcast every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern. And I'll see you then. Thank you.